So on behalf of uh, uh, Father uh, Claydar and Father Reichardt, myself, the deacons, Deacon Mike, uh, we offer you our uh, richest choices, blessings, graces uh, today. Uh, happy Easter, everybody. It's great to be with you this day. Awesome. Could it be any better? No way. No way. You guys look fantastic, by the way. Yeah, the only thing that's spoiling it are your masks. <laughs> I would just love it if we just take them off for just one second, but we can't do that. So I could see your face. But uh, let me tell you a little story. Um, when I was a brand new priest, uh, my assignment was up in North Rockford in Loves Park and St. Bridget. And uh, I was running. I was jogging one morning. And uh, I was crossing, like, the main, main road that went through Rockford, you know, where I was, 251. It's a north-south route, too, and uh, 251. And I uh, was running across and kind of focused on my run and, and wasn't paying much attention. I ran into the street, and there's this, this car beeps at me. It's like, oh, my goodness. I ran in front of this car. And, and I stopped and jumped back, and then the car uh, stopped next to me, and the, and the window came down, and guess who it was? You guys remember Bishop Doran? It was Bishop Doran. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's Danny. I almost hit you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. Uh, what's with that? <laughs> you mentioned the headline? Uh, Bishop kills priest. <laughs> oh man! So and he was uh, Bishop Doran. God rest him. Uh, he was best friends uh, with my pastor, Monsignor Mitchell, and so he would come over a lot. And he was there uh, for dinner. A couple days later, he was there for dinner, and we're sitting there at the table eating. And he was laughing about how he had almost picked me off. He thought that was pretty funny, and. Uh, <laughs> He goes, I don't, he goes, Dan, what is it with this exercise business? He's like, what is that? Well, you know, because if you knew Bishop Doran, you know he never exercised a day in his life. And so he, he, uh, he said, I just don't get it. What's with this running? And, and I said, well, let's, you know, stay healthy, right? He's, he goes, you know, sometimes, sometimes a feeling comes over me. Like this desire comes to me to to exercise. I get this 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 momentary desire to go running. The bishop said to me, he goes, Danny, do you know what I do when I get that feeling? <laughs> he goes, I I sit very still and I wait for that moment to pass. <laughs> He goes, he goes, I don't get it, this, this exercise. He goes, we're all going to the same place. He goes, you know, I'm going to get there first probably, but hey. Yeah. And, and he is, God rest his soul, huh? But, uh, yeah, we're all going to the same place, brothers and sisters. Nobody gets out of here alive. Amen? Uh, we're all going to the same place. But we don't sit still and let the moment pass. We have to run at full speed 
to the resurrection, to the empty tomb. That's what we do. That's how we roll. Speaking of rolling, the stone rolled away. Mary Magdalene is like, what's this? This, is, this doesn't look good. And it freaks her out. She can't find Jesus. Where is he? She runs. She runs. Brother and sister, she runs to the disciples to tell them they've taken the Lord. Something's up. Peter, John, what do they do? Do they sit still? Wait for the moment to pass? They run. They run to the empty tomb. There's a stone rolled away. They look in. What do they see? His burial clothes, the shroud, the, the, the sedarian, the headcloth, the veil that covered his face. Not just thrown to the side, but neatly folded up like a napkin. What's with all this? I mean, grave robbers don't do this. They're in, they're in a hurry. Their nefarious activities demanded. They don't have time for the niceties. They rip the shroud off, or if they rip it off at all, maybe they just keep it. But here's the thing, with the, ur, the, the, the myrrh and the aloe, all that, it becomes gummy, it's like glue, and that shroud would have stick to the body. That would not have come off. It would have to be ripped off. There it was. This long cloth, the body laid on it, laid over end to end. It was collapsed. Like what was in there for a second, and a moment later, it was gone. In a brilliant moment of flashing powerful light like a million micro miniature lasers going off the big bang the new creation the body was there and it's gone and the, and the shroud collapses like a, a balloon being released of its air just perfect and there's the image jesus and then there's this this head cloth because they would have put it over the face before they put the shroud on but jesus in that moment arises in the resurrection and he takes it off and he folds it up and he puts it back why what's with that that little head cloth we'll come to that in a minute but let's talk about their reaction they see and they believe they see the shroud they see the head cloth they see the sudarian they see the stone rolled away they see and they believe they ran they look, they see, they believe. See, huge rocks are no big thing for God. We know this. Big rocks in our life, these big rocks that we call our hearts, is, if, we, if we open them up to him, he has no trouble rolling all those things away. Rocks are, are a big deal for Jews and for us. We go all the way back. If, as the Father spoke his word over the waters of chaos and death and, and, and nothingness, Father speaks his word carried by the Spirit over the waters, and up comes that rock, which is the first spit of land, the first mountain. That's Eden. That's our sanctuary. That's our place of worship. That's where we had intimacy and friendship, where we were sons and daughters of God. That's where we had it all together, and that's where we, that's where we lost it. And then, you know, there's... There's that rock that comes up in the desert. 
with Moses and the Israelites and their, their wanderings and their, their, their discouragement and their, their disaster. And, he, and, and Moses strikes the rock and out comes water. First, we had a rock that comes out of the water. Now we have water that comes out of the rock. God's doing something. And what's he doing? Well, let's go. Let's go to the next one. The next one, we've got, uh, we've got Jacob. And Jacob is at to leave his house because he tricked his brother and his brother's after him. And so he leaves his family. He leaves his house. He leaves his land. And for the Jew, if you left those things, you left God. You didn't have God anymore. You had been abandoned by God. So there's Jacob in all his despondency, all his sadness, all his worry, anxiety, fears, just like the stuff that we go through. And he, and he finds a rock and he lays down on it. He puts his head on it. He uses it as a pillow. And while he dreams, he sees angels ascending and descending on this rock. And so he wakes up from his dream from his deathly sleep and he and he gets up and he builds an altar with that rock and he offers a sacrifice on it because he realized that God doesn't abandon me I don't lose God when I when I lose myself I don't lose God when I sin God is always there with me he's always pursuing me he's always following me he's always loving me praise God and so so Jacob turns around and you know what he does he sees a well he sees this well, and then he sees this beautiful girl. He sees Rachel, and he falls in love with her on the spot. She's amazing. She's there to water her flocks. And it says this, the, the well, this rock, was capped by a stone. And Jacob came over, and he rolled the stone away. The same language that's used for the empty tomb. What's this? What's, what's God doing? And Jacob brings the water out of the well that has been uncapped, the fountain unsealed, as we hear in Song of Songs. And he waters Rachel's flock, and they are betrothed. The well becomes a place of betrothal. The well becomes a place of love. The fountain unsealed. The rock uncapped becomes a place of the marriage. What is God doing? Well, let's take one more step and find out. There's Jesus at this well, Jacob's well. He's waiting for this woman. Not Rachel, but the Samaritan, the Samaritan woman who comes in the middle of the day. She's a, a woman with a troubled past and a troubled moment. She comes and Jesus says, woman, give me a drink. And she says, if you knew who you were asking, me, a woman, me, a Samaritan, you, no bucket. If you, if you knew, you wouldn't be asking me. He goes, woman, if you knew who you were talking to, I would give you a drink and you would never be thirsty again. It would be a well of living water coming up, overflowing, pouring out. Sir, she says, I see that you are a prophet. But our ancestors used to worship at this well. 
He says to her, woman, where's your husband? She goes, I have no husband. He goes, you are right. You have, you have had five, and the one who is with you now is not your husband. And brothers and sisters, he's not just talking about the guy back at the house. Jesus, the one who is with her now is not her husband, and he wants to be her husband. He wants to marry her. He wants to bring her into the life of the Father. He wants to give her life back, her identity back. He wants to wash her with living water and give her her dignity back. She runs, not in fear, but in joy. Come see the one who has told me everything I have ever done, and he still loves me. Mary Magdalene runs to the disciples. Come see. The tomb is empty. And I don't know where they have laid him. And they go, and they run. And the stone is rolled back. The well is uncapped. The water has come forth. The living water has poured out of this well of the empty tomb. Jesus has come forth, as the psalmist says, like a bridegroom coming forth from his bridal chamber. Because he is intending to marry us. The one who is with you now is not your husband. And he wants to be brothers and sisters. He has risen from the dead. And he wants to marry us. He wants to love us. He wants to give us life-giving water. And what about that napkin? <laughs> See, back at Adam, after they sinned, God said, you're cursed. You broke the covenant, you get the curse, and the curse is this. You used to be seventh-day sons and daughters, now you're sixth-day beasts of burden. And by the sweat of your brow, by the sweat of your face, you will suffer. By the sweat of your face, you will labor. What is this word Sudarian? Sweat of your face. That cloth that the Jews used from that time till Christ was called a Sudarian. And the custom was this. After they burdened and labored in the fields and sweated by their face, they came in and sat at table and ate their food. And they took the Sudarian, a napkin sitting by their plate and they wiped the sweat of their face off with it and they used it in their meal and then when they were finished if they were not coming back to the table they took it and they threw it on the table but if they were coming back they folded it up and put it in a separate place Jesus has undone the curse of Adam he has undone our death by giving us his resurrection Jesus is telling us, I'm not leaving you. I'm not abandoning you. I have folded it up, which means I am coming back, and I'm coming back to take you to myself and to bring you into the house of the Father because I have risen. And so will you. I'm giving you your life back. I'm giving you your dignity back. I am your bridegroom, and you are going to come forth. The angels ascend and descend on the rock, our altar, and Jesus comes to you. As food, your bridegroom from coming forth from his bridal chamber to marry you. You come up, you receive the bridegroom, you say amen, which means I do. You're renewing your wedding vows on this Easter Sunday because God will never leave you. He has given you Jesus and he has given you eternal life. Amen? Brothers and sisters, 
There is no sitting still in the spiritual life. There is no waiting for the moment to pass. We are Peter, we are John, we are Mary, and we run. We are the Samaritan woman, and we run. Come and see the one who has told me everything I have ever done, and he still loves me. We're all running to the same place. We're all running to the resurrection. We're all running for our lives. We're all running for eternal life. Amen.